Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is 108 on a Saturday. Tech Talk underway. Doug Swinhart in studio. If you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever... Feel free to call the program 651-989-9226. You can text 81807. That is 81807 here at CCO. Doug, how you been? Absolutely wonderful. No trouble getting into work because of weather today. Yeah, it's this is a bonus. 48 degrees at my house when I left today. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, 46 now on our thermometer here. Just extraordinary weather. Um, Doug, one of the things uh, we talk about from time to time, we haven't spent a lot of it uh, here over the holiday period, but uh, that that old uh, topic of back up your data. Oh, boy. Let, let's just run through this, Doug, real quick at the top before uh, folks get on the phone lines and the text lines. By the way, those numbers, 651-989-9226, you can text 81807. It's important, in my opinion, to have it backed up somewhere in the cloud. If you decide to pay someone like Mosey or Carbonite, there are a lot of good services out there, um, or use your Gmail account, whatever. But also having hard copies is very important. It is indeed. And in fact, I got a Lenovo T60 in this week. Nice lady, smart she thought she had all of her data off, and she says, here's my USB flash drive. And so I said, okay, we'll put Linux on this computer and revive it. And I slapped a $20 SSD drive in there, 120 gig, and installed Linux and plugged in the SSD flash drive. Nothing. Oh. And I went over to my Linux computer, and I plugged it in, and nothing. Over the next two days, I plugged it in several times, gratefully. Gratefully, it booted up and I got her data. But this is a prime example of these USB thumb drives. They're just not stable enough, in my opinion, to be considered a good backup. I copied her data back onto her Linux computer. Once she picks this up, I'm going to encourage her to set up a Gmail account and set up another copy up in the cloud. And I'm also going to encourage her to get an external hard drive, a full drive, be it a spinner or an SSD, but an external drive to make absolutely certain that she's got three full copies. It's it's just a just a reminder of of how tenuous this stuff is, and especially with pictures. You know, we can replace hardware, we can replace software, but data, I can't go back and redo people's work or recapture their photographic memories. So yeah, you can't can't discuss this enough. You really can't. And disk space today is cheap. We can buy an external hard drive today for well under 50 bucks. That should cover most of our needs. Anywhere in town. I mean, they're available everywhere. They're dirt cheap. And and here's what you do. If you have a brother or a sister or a family member, 
Put your data on that if you trust them. If you have a safe deposit box, another great way to go, just drop that thing in the safe deposit box. The, the bottom line is with cloud storage, that, that's one thing. These paid services, very reliable. Um, you know, there's a lot of good options. But there is no excuse uh, to not have backups of those photos, uh, those key documents, et cetera. Well, that's, that's, that's the greatest statement you could have made. There's no excuse. Uh, today, disk space is cheap. It's easy. It's affordable. It's accessible. And I think the thing that people need to stop and ask themselves is, okay, I got 10 years of digital photography for anniversaries, birthdays, events of all types, vacations, scenery, you name it. What's that going to be worth if they're all gone? Would I pay $50 when it's all gone to have it back? Or 100 or exactly. 500 or exactly. whatever. Exactly. You know, this is the digital camera is a tremendous, tremendous innovation. No film, no waiting, instant access. Send it to the cloud. Send it to your iPad. Send it to your laptop. Send it to your to your your desktop. Doesn't matter. But the fact remains: bare minimum, three copies. One working copy. One on an external hard drive, preferably. One up in the clouds, or like you say, Carbonite or Mosey. I think these guys are down to about five bucks a month now for personal computers. It's just there's no reason for anybody to lose one speck of data. So here in the new year, make that resolution to back up that key data. And you don't need to back up everything, just your files. You you don't need uh, a full backup of your hard drive. We're not talking about that. I actually prefer a copy and a paste. And you can go to Windows and open up your personal profile, uh, go to Documents, and just right-click on the Documents folder, slide over to the external drive, left-click, so that becomes your working environment, right-click and select Paste and stand back and watch it work. If you do that for your documents and your pictures and your music, you're actually done. And these external hard drives today, one terabit, I'm absolutely certain you could take Full copies of your data and probably have 10, 15, 20 that you could put on there and still barely make a dent. Disk space today is extremely cheap. Just get it done. All right, let's go to the phone lines. By the way, 651-989-9226. Scott, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi, Scott. Do we got you? Yeah, we do. Good. What can we help you with? So, so I have a uh, I have a, a gateway laptop that I got from my parents. It's uh, it's a few years old, maybe maybe five years old. Uh, the hard drive went out on it, and I'm I'm looking to get a new laptop or refurbish the one that I have. And I'm curious to know, would you guys recommend if I want, if I get if I go new, I'm gonna go with uh, I think I want to go with an Apple, uh, but if I is there a, is there a viable or a, a decent uh, price range for refurbishing this gateway. It came oh, with God, yeah. yeah. Th- this gateway, the way it sounds to me, this is a prime machine to pick up a 250-gig SSD drive. Uh, you can buy them today for under $40. Uh, pop that baby in. You can install Windows 7 or 10. And my recommendation would be to do a dual boot with Linux 
And your old hard drive, if it's running at all, you can probably still get the drivers off that thing and let's save you a ton of time. Now, with that said, if you're contemplating an Apple machine, you're going to spend a little bit more money on a Mac. They are great, great computers. And I, I'm quite certain you probably heard the news about um, about Tim Cook sending out a notice to his investors this last week. Uh, he's concerned with, with stocks being dropped in price because of the tariffs. If you're going to buy an Apple, I'd buy one in the next month or so. I think we're going to actually see prices of all technology increase once these tariffs kick in. Let's keep in mind the majority of our technology is being produced in China and Taiwan. So these tariffs are going to affect us all. But with that said, I think your gateway is probably a prime machine, and you could bring that baby back to life and have a 10- to a 15-year computer easily for under $200. And if you want to give me a call, I'd be more than happy to help you with that. Um, Thank you so much for the call. It is not like the old days where these babies are obsolete every uh, 12 to 18 months. You would buy a machine, and in a year it was like, well, I've got junk here. And well, it's not like that anymore. Yeah, you know, a lot of that was caused, in my opinion, because the software people actually, and I'm just going to say it, they got lazy. And operating systems became bloated. And hardware people, they took offense to that. And went wild. So this nonsense that you need a new computer every three years, that seems to be just a common thought across the planet. Really, it's it's ridiculous. This Lenovo I mentioned earlier, Steve, I took in, is 11 years old. Runs like a top. Boots up in Linux in less than 40 seconds. Is good and fast on the Internet. Does everything that a brand new computer will do. And this lady's going to invest somewhere around 150 bucks with hardware and the whole nine yards. So, yeah, let's not be creating more garbage on the planet than we need to. All right, quick break. We'll come back. We'll uh, visit about a Kindle, and uh, we'll go to the text line as well. We've got a lot going on there, in, uh, including uh, computers having uh, trouble getting on the Internet. What could be going on there? Our text line is 81807. That is 81807. You can text 81807 or call 651-989-9226. It is 118 on a Saturday at CECO. It is 121 on a Saturday at CECO. Tech Talk, Doug Swin, Hardin Studio, Jonathan Lowe is our producer, our phone number is 651-989-9226. If you want to talk computers, hardware, software, whatever, feel free to call the program or text 81807. Uh, we've got a text on Tech Dump. Uh, local company, a nonprofit, they do great work. If you have old equipment and you're concerned about making sure that that hard drive is properly disposed of and your data is secure and securely disposed of, they'll do a good job. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I'm about ready to make another trip over there. If people leave equipment at my house, I will keep it for nine months to a year and try to get a hold of them. And if it's not there, I take it right over there. And I'm about ready to go over there again. I'm going to be taking four or five laptops, two notebooks, 
and an old HP printer, and I actually have an all-in-one Samsung that a guy left at my house before I moved. I've had this thing carting it around, Steve, for four years. It's time for me to get rid of it, and so I'm going to be going to Tech Dump next week. I love this company. These people do everything right. It's a nonprofit. She or she actually hires um, uh, handicapped vets, really takes good care of this company. I just love Tech Dump. I can't say enough good things about it. And it is tech, T-E-C-H, dump, D-U-M-P, dot org. So if you, you want to get rid of your electronics, most of the stuff is free. Some, there's a nominal charge, but visit with them and find out about their hours, et cetera. But we have visited with these people before on the program, and they do a really good job. Techdump.org. Let's go to the phones. Mike and Ham Lake. Mike, you're on the air. Hey, I've got an Apple iPad that I bought about 10 years ago. I switched over from reading hardcover books to the Kindle app on the, on the iPad, and I've got about 400 books on there. I'm wondering how I back those up. I've tried with the iTunes on the computer. And it loads the pictures, but it won't load the books. Uh, yeah, this is really kind of strange how the Kindle works with their proprietary software. If I'm not mistaken, you should be able to send them up to Google Drive to at least get a hold of them. But I'm not certain, depending upon how and where you purchased this book for your Kindle. If you've been buying things from Amazon, you'll, you'll be able to actually re-download them. Uh, my wife is real big on Kindle, and in fact, she's on her second Kindle. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel your pain. But I think your best bet would be to get into that into that um, note, get into your um, into your Apple product, and go to Google and set up your Gmail account and send it up to Google Drive. I believe you'll be able to do that. If not, give me a call and we'll work it out next week. Yeah, and I, I'm wondering if you've downloaded these and you have a Kindle that uh, by way of the account and purchasing the books, they would have that. So if you got a new Kindle, you'd be able to download those already. It, it, there's got there's got to be a way where it's already backed up. It Generally, that's true. He's kind of bridged that to an Apple product now. If his Apple iCloud account is current and he's syncing that device to the iCloud, it should be synced up to the iCloud. Problem with that is the next computer he has, he has to authorize that device with his iCloud account and pull him back down. It is doable. And I know what he's dealing with. I've seen it before. Um, been a few years, so it's not fresh in the front of my mind, but it is doable. Um, and if you have problems with that, give me a call next week, and we'll see if we can't work it out. Phone lines are open right now at 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. You can text 81807. Uh, from our text line, can your IPS, your internet, or, uh, internet service provider, internet, they said IPS, but uh, ISP, Block your streaming or reduce bandwidth. I don't think we're seeing much of that anymore. They can, but I just don't think that it's in their best interest to do so. The faster they free up their computers on their end, the better. There was a time when throttling bandwidth 
was a huge issue. But we're talking 35, 40 years ago now. It's just not done. Uh, they're, 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 not, they're not into that. There's been plenty of controversy about Netflix and how people are getting paid when you have um, uh, CenturyLink or Comcast, and especially Comcast. But Comcast has their filters wide open for Amazon Prime. To my knowledge, they're wide open for Netflix. If you think that's happening, I would be looking at your Internet speed first. The amount of bandwidth that you are actually paying for, you really should be getting when you're streaming. And I just don't think that the Internet service providers, very, very few of them, are actually throttling bandwidth today. But thank you so much for the text. All right, uh, Doug, uh, from our text line, this might get a little complicated, but uh, uh, from the text line, my desktop Windows 7 Pro 64-bit converted to 10 Pro over a year ago, but it tried to do a feature update. It got as far as the login screen, tried to log in, and then I got this long message that says pretty much desktop is unavailable, and... uh, I, I'm kind of stuck. I've actually seen this. That some of the recent updates are corrupting profiles. And if that happens and you want to keep Windows 10 or reinstall 7, you're going to have to purchase a new operating system or give me a call and I'll show you how to restore that. But your data at this point, saving your data is first. This is, this is big and this is happening with a lot of machines. I'm not exactly certain whether the update is conflicting with the original base operating system, but we're seeing more and more of that as time goes on. Um, Here again, uh, give me a call next week. I can give you a couple of steps to try, but chances are you're going to be reinstalling your operating system from the ground up. All right. And uh, you mentioned, did this come in that period doing those free upgrades. Now, the texter said that they went to Windows 10 Pro, so it sounds like they paid for the upgrade. Is if, that If you had Windows 7 Pro, your Windows 10 would have been the professional version. Ah. If we had Windows 7 Home, our Windows 10 would have been the home version. Now, Windows 10 Pro really gives you a lot more flexibility and control over hard... Uh, over updates, um, how you're connecting to your work group, and things of that nature. So uh, Windows 10 Pro is a much superior operating system, in my opinion, to the home version. But once that becomes corrupted and it's not booting at all, you can attempt to just let it sit and hope that it comes up. If it ever comes up again, you need to get your data immediately. If it just refuses to even give you a desktop, That hard drive should be removed, and all the data should be taken off with a Linux computer or possibly another Windows computer before proceeding. At this particular point, saving your data is job one, and that's the best advice I can give. All right, quick one before we go to break. Uh, Sister is running Windows 10. Suddenly a message appears from Microsoft, and I have air quotes, wanting her to click on a tab to clear up her problem with her email and she can no longer get into her email. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Something is not good here. This looks. This sounds to me like malware. Um, yet Microsoft is not going to do this unless you have a .dot at live account at MSN account, 
and you should be getting your mail web-based. If you're set up as web-based, she can actually go to another computer, log on to MSN or Live.com or Outlook.com if it happens to be a, a Windows mail or Gmail and get that mail from another computer. Uh, I think that this is something corrupt with Windows Mail. And this I've seen, too, a lot in the last three, four weeks. Yeah, It's time to transfer your mail to a web-based system, get out of POP3, and get this thing set up properly. Quick break. We have more Tech Talk with Doug. Phone lines are open. Now is a good time to call, 651-989-9226. You can text 81807. That is 81807. If you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever, feel free to call the program. 135 here at CCO Tech Talk. Doug Swinhart continues on a Saturday. Thanks so much for tuning in today. By the way, our phone number is 651-989-9226. You can text 81807. Let's go to the phone lines right now. Robin, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Um, can you tell me where do I go to test my Internet speed, and is the test reliable? Yeah, you know, I got a couple of them that I like a lot. One is Speed of Me, S-P-E-E-D-O-F dot M-E. That's very good. And one of my favorites is testmy.net, T-E-S-T-M-Y dot N-E-T. When you get to testmy.net, you'll see a button on the side that'll say test your internet. Left-click that, and then it will drop down, and it will allow you to either test upload speed, download speed, or combined. And both of these seem to be real, real consistent. What you want to guard against with internet testing is the thought that, okay, I get 250 megabits download speed from Comcast, I test my internet, and I'm only getting 160. I really want to warn you, don't be calling Comcast and saying you're cheating me. That's not how this works. you got to run that test four, five, six times, different times over a day, throughout the day, if you're getting somewhere between 70 and 80% of what you're paying for, your internet is top shelf. We got to always keep in mind that whenever we go to a website in real time, we are relying on hundreds, sometimes thousands of small pieces of equipment that that network packet is traveling through, which creates latency. So you cannot expect your internet service provider to be delivering 100% internet speed all the time. At my house, I test this quite frequently. My 250 gig at times will jump to 300, jump to 350. But overall, I'm probably running 190 to 180, somewhere in there. Big thing is, is are you happy with it? You know, Doug, I haven't brought it up in a long, long time on the program. If you sit back and think how the internet works. Uh. It is the closest thing on earth we have to magic. It really is. Uh, You know, people don't understand the amount of equipment and support and administrators that are involved in this 24-7, 365 operation. It's incredible. The backbone of the Internet, the infrastructure of the routers and tunnels and gateways, even with 40 years, 
computer experience is mind-boggling to me. Well, if you think about it, what has changed? I I can remember years ago, uh, my wife and I, she had a conference out in Las Vegas. The company she worked for no longer exists. But what they ultimately provided was in-room movies for hotels. And they have been usurped by the Internet. And I remember we were at uh, Mandalay Bay for a concert. And that night uh, there were some acts there, including Berlin. They had a hit. Well, anyway, they said, this is streaming on the World Wide Web, this audio. Yeah. And it was a big deal. Oh, yeah. This is streaming on the World Wide Web. Now you can watch a high school game from Connecticut in real time. Real time. And it is just extraordinary, the volume of material that is traveling on the Internet at any given moment. It it is astonishing. Completely mind-boggling. It is. And, and, you know, some people say that the computer technology evolves in dog years, 7 to 1. Personally, I think it's closer to 15 to 20 years to 1. What we've seen in our lifetime with the evolution of technology and communications is absolutely phenomenal. I, I, I can't agree with you more. I, I was down visiting my daughter and watched a football game in real time, in flight. No problem. On the airplane. Yeah. 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 See. Yeah. And, and that's all web-based. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, buses today with Wi-Fi connected. Yeah. Uh, uh, and again, we, we don't always plug CenturyLink or Comcast but I really have to mention that Comcast Xfinity truly has done so much to promote this type of usability with compressing videos and accelerating network speed and reducing latency. Tremendous, tremendous work on the part of these professionals. And CenturyLink has done their part, too, with DSL. Don't get me wrong. But I think today my favorite, and I, I'll say it right out, I'm biased. I am biased towards Xfinity. Quick break. Oh, we've, we've got a minute uh, minutes before a quick break. Let's go to the phone lines again. Uh, let's bring in uh, Gordy from Maple Grove. Gordy, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey, Gordy, what's up? Um, my phone says it, it's low on uh, space, and I'm not quite sure what to do to correct that. Uh, yeah, you're, there's things saving on your, on your disk space. Your phone actually has... Drive storage in it. My suggestion would be to make absolutely certain that you've got a Gmail account. You download Google Drive to this, and whatever you're saving on your phone, you have it automatically shuffle up to your Google Drive account and get that stuff off your phone. Uh, The other alternative is if you go back to your phone provider, they can actually expand the size of that SD card in there, and some phones will actually even allow an external XD card to be plugged in. But I don't like that solution. Uh, get yourself a Gmail account, get the data off this baby, and send it up to the clouds where it belongs. Great call, and thank you so much. Yeah, and if you have an Android device, it's a great way to go. But if you have uh, uh, an iPhone, for instance, you got an iCloud, iCloud. Yeah, absolutely. is just phenomenal. Absolutely. I, I had a phone die on me while I was traveling. I went into the local mall when I was on the road. And I, I was due for an upgrade anyway. Bang, bang, bang. You're out the door. You go and you're done. Yeah. It, it, it was easy peasy. All the contacts, all that stuff. 
uh, ready to go. But, uh, yeah, typically you're limited, especially if you're downloading movies or you have a lot of music on your phone. Exactly. Um, it can fill up pretty quick. Exactly. And, and, you know, here again is a prime, prime example of saying, listen, if you think about your devices, think about your data. If your data is safe and sound, you know where it's stored, you know where you have more than multiple co- copies, you're good to go. Yep, and photos take up a lot of room on these phones. Uh, go through, if you have dupes or multiple of the same subject, clear those out of there. Um, they, that, that is, that's a good thing to do. Good advice. Uh, when, when you're waiting around, maybe you're at the DMV, clean up the photos on your phone. That's something to do at the DMV. Absolutely. Let's go to Steve. Steve, you're on the air. Hello. Hi there. You guys got a great program. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you so much. What can we do for you? Well, this just started here a few days ago. Um, when I go online and I go to MS, uh, MSN and then I check my mail and a couple other things and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll exit out of all of that, shut that all down, I'll turn the computer off, and then I'll come back the next day and I'll turn the computer on and when, it comes, when I go to go online, all those old screens come back up. It just started that recently. What, uh, what do you think is going on? I think your web browser... Underneath settings, depending upon what you're using, you can direct your web browser to either go to a start page or to reload the past pages. I think that's what's happening. Um, Depending upon what web browser you're using, you got to find settings. Generally, across the top, you'll hit tools and options, tools and settings, tools and preferences. If you're running a Mac or a Linux machine, you'll go under File and Preferences, but you're looking for that Start page or Home page, how that's set up. I also would recommend that if this is a new phenomenon, check to see what kind of plugins, add-ons, and extensions have been added to that web browser. One more time, more than one web browser. You might want to check this thing out in Google Chrome, Firefox, download and install Vivaldi, V-I-V-A-L-D-I, Vivaldi. It's a wonderful browser, multiple web browsers. That way you could close up that web browser, open up another one, and see if you're getting the same effect. If you're getting the same effect on multiple browsers, then you're going to want to download and run ADW Cleaner because there's some program on your computer that's picking up your pass hosts, and that's not good. Thank you so much for the call. All right, from the text line, 81807-81807. Is it okay to back up photos and documents on the same hard drive? I can't imagine it would matter. Yeah, you can, but let's be aware that that particular physical device, if anything happens to that hard drive, you're going to not only lose your working copy, you will lose your backup. So it's all right to do that, but make sure you've got another external hard drive and or some type of cloud storage. One of the things that that I see all the time, and we haven't brought it up, putting things as as far as organizing, good folders, good file labeling, getting into good habits. So you can find this stuff. It's one thing to have backups, but if you have no idea what it is, it could take you hours or days 
defined a photo or whatever. This is really important, folders and good labeling. Oh, no question about that. Yeah, we can't stress that enough. People buy a new computer, take their whole profile, save it to the next one, but three, four years later, buy another computer, take both those profiles, save them to the next one. Now, automatically, we have at least three copies. I see the real issue here with photos. Nearly every digital camera will automatically name the file. IMG.00012, so on and so forth. But there's no recognition from Windows Explorer or a file manager to tell what that photo is. You might want to rename your photos as you're copying them to your computer. Another great feature of Google Photos is you can actually draw a rectangle around somebody's face and give it a name. That way, when you search your photos, it will find that face and pull them all up. It's phenomenal. Apple has much the same thing. Microsoft is attempting, but I think they're kind of behind the eight ball on this one. So there's lots of ways to do this. But you cannot have enough copies, and you cannot have enough organization. Uh, Here's a good one. Can I get rid of Bing? Sure, if you want to. Now, with that said, I'm going to state right out that there's a lot of professionals the last three to six months that are actually going towards the Bing search engine. Personally, I'm a Google guy. I like Quant, Q-W-A-N-T, and I like DuckDuckGo. But Bing has made tremendous, tremendous purges forward, especially the last six months to a year. Uh, It's really personal preference. It truly is personal preference and what you like to work with. Actually, you should have them all. Can't find what you're looking at with one? Get to the next one. Head to the next one. You'll soon get intuitive as to, well, it's technology. That'll be Google. Well, it's pretty pictures that I need for Windows. That'll be Bing. But some off-the-wall thing that I want to do with Quant uh, or DuckDuckGo. Yeah, the search engines run the Internet. 148, quick break. We'll come back. We'll get into passwords, and uh, that's always entertaining. And uh, we'll visit uh, about uh, those concerns about malware and Trojans and ransomware as well, if time allows, here on Tech Talk. It is Tech Talk. Doug Swinhart in studio until 2. We have all the news and weather at 2. A little cool down. It looks like some weather in Sunday night into Monday morning. And then the vet is in, Dr. Gene Gasky, next hour here on CCO. All right, let's get into uh, a good one from the text line. How often should you change all your passwords? Geez, that really depends. If my Gmail, I've had the same password for many years. However, my bank accounts, I like to change at least twice a year. Anything that has to do with security online, you want to keep up to date, and you want to stay on top of that. It really is personal preference, and it depends on how much privacy is required. With a Windows machine, I always recommend that people do not save their passwords in their browsers. But I think a good rule of thumb is think in terms of three to six months, except for, of course, your Gmail and Google, which is safe and sound as long as you don't give it to somebody else. And, Doug, what uh, do you recommend to keep track of all of these passwords? Boy, uh, you know, there's so many products out there today to do this. Anytime there's a need with the general public, programmers just flock to it. 
I personally like Key Pass. Um, Intel has got a new one called True Key that is just top shelf. Uh, you've got LastPass. There's just a plethora of them out there. Uh, Key Pass is really one of my favorites, mainly because, well, it's free. And it's built into every Linux distribution. But I still like to keep a document or a spreadsheet up into Google Drive just to make certain. Some of these key pa- these password managers will automatically create a new password, but you really want to keep track of what it created as well. Maybe off that program just in case those people have trouble and they get hacked, God forbid, or you have some kind of problem with your contract with them, you still need to access your account. So use some common sense here. Yeah, and, and don't write it and tape and put it on the bottom of the keyboard. That's, That's not a good thing. Not good. All right, let's go to Judy. Judy and Fridley, you're on the air. Yes, I would like to inquire about, We I bought my husband an outdoor camera for Christmas so we can see what's in the yard. And we put it into the computer, pulled out the card, seen it once, can't see it again, took the camera back. The same identical thing happened with the card. Put it in the computer, and we cannot see anything. Yeah, that's really bizarre. It sounds to me like your your outdoor camera has some semblance of an SD card. Um, if you're if you, if that's actually recording, your computer should pull that up like an external drive or a flash drive. It should be there. My only suggestion would be if you can view it on the camera and you can't see it on your computer, I would say let's go buy a different SD card and try that. But you should not be having any problem with that at all. You're you're not using a USB cable to connect it. It's just strictly an SD card. That maybe go to a little bit higher quality SD card might solve your problems. If that doesn't do it, give me a holler and I'll see if I can help you. All right. Uh, someone has an old Mac uh, from the 80s. Uh, where, where do you get stuff like that fixed? Boy, that's tough. Yeah. I, I have heard of a guy in California that has some type of Apple Mac antique place. It's almost like a, like a shrine to Apple. Hey, that, cool. That, you can search the net, uh, but you got a computer that a lot of people just threw them out in the garbage back when it was, well, time to buy a new Mac and the Mac SE and the Mac 512. And yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. That's way tough. And a follow-up on that, uh, a guy has a ton of CDs and his Bose changer just quit on him. Does anybody in town work on stuff like that? Well, again, I would run a search on the net, uh, but our place that converts videos, uh, help me out. There you go. If you have problems with that data, you can take those CDs in there, and I would bet you a dollar to a donut. They'll say, okay, give me those here. We'll convert them into any format you want. Yeah. Yeah, good they idea. Are, they are the specialists. Yeah, but some of that equipment, it, and, and if you want another Bose changer like you have, go on eBay. eBay. I'm, I'm sure they're out there. You can find one. Amazon, run a full search on Google, yeah. run a full search on on, um, on DuckDuckGo. Uh, you may end up having to ship one over from England. Yeah, and uh, it can get expensive to repair that equipment for sure. If you can find parts. All right, Doug, we got to run. Phone number, email. Thank you. 651-552-9543 and WCCO Tech, WCCO. 
T-E-C-H.com. Steve, thank you again, and thanks to all the callers. Great calls, great texts. See you next week. There he is, Doug Swin, a heart tech talk on CCO. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t